When you stop making it complicated and you get present and curious with your kid, you don't have to worry about anything else because you will awaken something in them because you are awake with them. And that is the magic of it. Welcome back to the Live Into Your Brilliance podcast, the place where we have a lot of fun um, blowing up illusions that get in the way of our innate brilliance. As always, I'm joined by my brother from another mother, Mark Billows Bilby, and this week he is back in his in his office after a week cavorting down in Costa Rica. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was a lot of fun. What a great privilege! And it's weird to believe that literally 24 hours ago I was surfing a wave in in Nasara. But super chuffed to be back. Is there any videos of you actually getting up on a board? Hell yeah. We need we need some of those for the show. I will send it. Through. We need some of those for the show notes. <laughs> uh, right, this is a question from uh, Chris Hutchins. I'd be interested to hear perspectives on how best to instill so many of these lessons into young children, um, starting as young as two, but continuing through adolescence. Maybe with some real examples from your lives. Part of me thinks it would be easier than with adults because they are stuck in their habits of behaviour. But a few of the key concepts seem to take a mature mind to fully grasp. Um, I have my own thoughts, but I would love to hear more. Yeah, another good one. So what comes up for me straight away is this doesn't have to be complicated. And I think human beings tend to make things very complicated because we have... Uh, an incessant noise in our head and and there's this weird conditioning, this intrinsic belief that if it's not complicated, then it's probably not worth spending time on. But I think what we've pointed to a lot is, and the myth that the illusion we want to blow up is that this is like the path to peace of mind and happiness and and accessing your innate brilliance is not a journey that is fraught with, you know, it's not like Dante's journey to to um, through the inferno. Like this is not something that you have to endure in order to emerge in paradise. You're already there, and I think the wonderful thing about kids is they're already there. You can see that they're already there, and. It's it's about losing it rather than gaining it. And and so I think what what I would love to kind of point to when when it comes to kids is how do we keep kids kids? How do we keep our inner kid alive and that creativity and that love of um boundless unconditioned, ungoverned freedom and and expression. And it's funny, when I was in Costa Rica uh, last week, I was chatting to a good mate who is, uh, he's done all sorts of weird and wonderful projects. He's a really um, eccentric guy. I'd love to get him on the show. In fact, I'm, I'm convinced we will have him on the show, a guy called Rob Cowie. And he's very creative. He's a UX designer. That's how he earns his living. But he's super creative and he's written books on 
poiki course, which is a traditional South African sort of Dutch oven type cooking style. He's written books on Dutch oven cooking styles for the American market. He's written this wonderful book um, of of sort of of anecdotes from Eastern and and ancient and Christian wisdom, um, and sort of d- that put together this compendium of st- of sort of uh, uh, stories. Um, he, he's written all sorts of things, but he said his true love is is writing children's books, and 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 one of the things that he's doing working on right now is um, a picture book and I won't I won't uh, do I won't ruin it for 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 his future audience but it's a pretty cool concept that he's come up with and um, so just go to Amazon and check out Rob Cowie um, but he he was saying that what he did with his daughter, um, well, both his daughters, is he would set aside time each week and they would just draw. And then he would take these drawings and he'd put them in a flip file. And in each flip file, he has about 100 pages of their drawings, but he has like 30 of these things piled up. And he said it's amazing to see the 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 creativity and the expression that has come through over the years and just this kind of free abandon and then and he was saying he spends time trying to perfect things because he's a bit of a perfectionist and he takes a lot of time to work through his his artwork and then his daughter arrives and she just like casually just whips together this amazing thing and does it in half the time and it's 10 times better than what he's trying to create. And he's like, how do I access that? And then he sort of, he, 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 you know, he cited Picasso and he said, you know, Picasso had this amazing ability. And, and then, and it's kind of what Sue was saying, Susie was saying the other day as well on the podcast. They have this amazing ability. They study the masters, but their entire arc of their journey is trying to get back to that that unique creative style that they had as a child and um and so you know going back to chris's question i'm like we just have to keep pointing out to kids that there is nothing wrong nothing is broken the way that they laugh express freely like that is flow and and we have to keep reminding them of ways to to see that, acknowledge it, access it, and be there and operate from there. Um, and I guess I guess the how of how you do that is is really what Chris is kind of scratching at. But that's my initial reaction. I think what you've I think you've kind of laid the table really nicely through that story as well for. What's potentially at play? Because there's the um, so there's the how do you point? So so the pointing, and then for me, there's there's something else that I want to put on the table, which is how do we um, truly become the best role models of it? So in one sense, and, and I think this might be a secret little trap, and it's not so much hidden in Chris's question, but I think there's a, 
there's like a parenting trap that we've got to almost watch out for here, which is that we make it our job to make them be the way that we think that they should be or that we need to get them to be aware of this and how do we do it? How do we do it? And it looks like a doing thing. And in, it might be a doing thing or it might be a saying thing. And, and in a lot of ways, I think it's actually a being thing. So, you know, in the same way, and I can't remember the exact percentages that people say, you know, communication is so much, it's a, like, I think it's 7% language and it's, you know, 80% body language and, and tone or whatever, like the percentages are, the other 93. And it's because, you know, the the extent to which we are being an example of it and being it is probably one of the most impactful things that we've got on our side. And I've got two, two stories with both my boys that come to mind that kind of one, I think, showcase the possibility of pointing and then the other one, which is um, points more to how we can get in our own way as parents. And, and, um, the first one is Dylan, who's my youngest and he's 14 now. And when Dylan was, well, when he's starting high school, he had just had like so much anxiety and worry about going to school, like proper, properly freaking him out really. And, you know, and this might be, how do we kind of keep the, the, the it, as simple as it is because I'm not sure that the concepts are particularly require a mature mind. I think you get deeper and deeper into them, but there's a real simplicity to it. But anyway, like Dylan and I sat down and, and I remember talking to him saying, what's, so, so tell me what it is. And he's like, I'm worried that I won't find my form room. Um, I'm worried that I won't make any friends. And it was just a conversation. Well, like, what do you, where do you think that comes from? like, oh, I don't know. And, and we just had a conversation like, what if, what if it's not true? Like, what if we can see if it's not true? So like, let's like, what if it's not true? And he's like, what do you mean? It's like, what if, what if it's not true? Like, what if you just do find your form room? What would that mean? And so we had a number of conversations about that. And then I also, um, I said, it's probably about two years. I gave him a, uh, I think it was originally Mavis's letter, the secret. Uh, and he's since got his copy of It's That Simple. But I, so I just chat to him about it and, and we, he would settle back down and start to get a little bit suspicious. Oh yeah, like it might not be true. And then every day he would come home and we'd be like, so how many of them showed up? And this is where it started to get interesting. He's like, well, actually I couldn't find the form room. And it's like, what happened? I just asked someone. And then and how did you know to do that? Well, I, I just made sense. I was like, oh, well, what if that's like what you've got? Like just, you know, and we just talked about like, where do your feelings come from? And then let's see how many of them show up when, when you're in worry. And you could see, and it became a little game, just became a game. And he would come back and be like, my worries didn't show up. And he would just come back to his senses. And then about, um, a year ago, maybe he um, there was one of his so-called mates who did something pretty pretty naughty, and 
there was a an inquest. And anyway, Dylan was pulled out of his class by his head of form. And um, I, I must have been away because Sean, my wife, was retelling me the story. And uh, Dylan was called in and Sean said to him, were you scared? And he said, well, he said, I, I was a little bit. But then I, I remember reading the book that daddy gave me. And then I just knew that that was just me feeling my thoughts. So I was fine. And I was just like, the, I was chuffed by it. But I also really saw that like kids are so smart. You know, like it's, it's that what you said, it was just pointing and being in conversation, not trying to tell him anything, but like, oh, where do you think that comes from? And, and really looking at the experience. And what I notice in that is that children are far less skeptical than adults. Like, because to your point, they are just much closer to the truth of it because they're children. They, they haven't accumulated as much crappy conditioning that when they see the truth, they go, oh, yeah, like, that makes total sense. I get it. And their innocence is so much closer to the surface, like their beautiful innate innocence, that, that they, they see it. Then they experience it and then they're like, oh yeah, cool, great. And I think it's then just coming back to that and, and as much as we can, and I'll save my second story for a, a little bit because then the next part is, well, how do we not get in the way of it? Versus thinking that there's a whole lot of work to be done. I think it's knowing that there is nothing wrong with your kids. They don't need anything. They've got everything you've got. And so it's the, how do we make sure that we're not getting in the way to the best of our abilities? But I'll kind of stop there because that, that's my first part in, in kind of pointing, I guess. Yeah, I know. I love what you're saying there about not getting in the way. Because I think we can, and we do, and, and you see it so often where you have this bright, beautiful, creative ball of energy. And then over time, they, they're almost smothered by, by the expectations and the attachments and the conditioning and the, the, uh, the well-intentioned directions that, that parents can sort of layer on and you just see this this retraction away from what is the the beautiful essence and then you know they 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 do all sorts of weird and wonderful things and they end up in all sorts of weird and wonderful places and sometimes it's tragic and sometimes it's you know it's it it, it it's just it's mediocre at best. And I think I think your comment earlier about how do you just role model it? And a funny story comes out. I mean, this is so silly, but it just popped into my head. I remember one time my mother and I were driving and my sister was in the car as well. And my mum said she was obviously in a good mood and she said, Oh, we're gonna play a game. I'm just going to drive straight. If you tell me to drive straight, I'm going to drive straight. 
So if you want to crash the car, you can crash the car, but I'm just going to drive straight. And so we were driving down this road in Stellenbosch in my hometown. And I said, go straight. And we drove straight into somebody's driveway and they had this big turnaround driveway. It was a fancy house. She just drove straight into it and then drove around the turnaround. Then we went out and we were laughing and laughing. And it's one, it's one of the funnest memories I have of my mother when she was just in that playful, creative space with her two children, just having fun. It was after a day of work. She had picked us up at school. She was taking us home and we just played this game, Drive Straight. And my sister and I thought it was like the best thing ever. And 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 that that memory just jumped in my head because I often think of that moment because it was so delightful. I still remember cackling like a hyena, remembering how much, you know, like just having so much fun and 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 being creative like that. It, you know, it was such a simple thing. We were in a car, like the most mundane thing, going from school back home for lunch or whatever it was. But it just became this playful, creative moment that sparked so much joy. And I think the more we stop trying to figure it out and the more we can be present when they are present, the more uh, the more it just happens. So I'll never forget one of our guests, Hamish, said that he was he became acutely aware that all he wanted to do was get on the floor and play with his kid and and be a, and he said when when he did that there was this thing that happened to him and this the sense of being present because you couldn't do anything else but focus on the pure joy laughter playfulness of just being on the floor with the kid and and that's that has stuck with me since since we since we did that podcast and and I think that is it it is it is being present and not overthinking it and and to and and like with Chris you know kind of answering the question of of how how do we get out of the way how do we make this happen it's like just show up because when you show up with your stuff with your attachments and you start directing the kids and you start well you've got to go do this and then you've got to do this and then you've got to sign up for this and then we've got to do this and 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 the and the kid the kid is like yeah um okay but but i really love getting into mud fights or i really love drawing or you know, whatever it is, I, I love talking to my imaginary friend. Like, there has to be a, a self-awareness and a curiosity about their world that allows you to be present with them in their world, rather than trying to drag them into the noisy world of your head. And I think that that for me is is something that I've become aware of, and I see it even with my girls today. You know, my girls are 23 and 20. When I am curious about their world, 
and and I and I be, I get present with them around what they are doing and seeing and the fun the fun that they are having like it 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 becomes exponential and we we're, we're all in flow together we have we're just having a, a great laugh and I'll give you an example another tangible example happened the other night so Gracie my eldest has been doing night shifts and she came home she was finishing three days of night shifts or whatever, exhausted. And I had this insight. I was like, take, take Vanessa and Gracie out for dinner. And we hadn't been out for, for ages. And there's this lovely restaurant in town. Um, and I thought, let me take them out for dinner. And and then I thought no, and then you know, the noise in my head kicked in. I was like, no, it's she's going to be tired. It's late. I'm only going to be able to book a table for eight thirty because by the time she gets home, she's going to want to have a shower, and then you know, and, and we've got all this food in the fridge, and we've got to eat all the food in the fridge before we go off to Costa Rica. Blah blah blah, like the normal shit that just runs through your head and and just fucks you up. And so. And then I just took a sacred pause. I stepped back and I was like, what are you doing, Billows? Just book, like book the restaurant. The universe is telling you, book the restaurant, book the restaurant. Book the restaurant. Gracie came home. I said, hey, go grab a shower. How was your day? Tell us about it. Go grab a shower. We want to take you out for dinner. Her face just lit up. You could see the little girl that that you know is is the light of my life, um, along with her her sibling, who unfortunately is in Colorado, so she couldn't join us. Um, and then she had a shower, and we off to dinner, and we just had the most amazing time. And the whole time I was there, I was just curious about her day and how she was doing. We had a cocktail and we had this amazing meal. And she said to us at the end of the evening, she was like, oh my gosh, that's one of my favorite evenings. Thank you so much. That's just what I needed. And and I use that, and, and I know she's a 20-something, but I use that as an example of when you get, when you stop making it complicated, you get out of the noise in your head, and you get present and curious with your kid. You don't have to worry about anything else because you will awaken something in them because you are awake with them. And that is the magic of it. And you don't have to get deep. You don't have to explain it. Um, it's, it's just something that, that just happens and you're tapping into it, and they know that you're tapping into something because they, they feel it, because they experience it, because they're happy. And there's, there's no noise in their head during those moments, and you know you're doing it. And that is, that is the magic of it. Well, you know, whether they know you're tapping into something or not, they're always going to remember it because they remember, people remember the feeling of being present. Oh, my dad was always present, you know, or my mom was always present. And, you know, it's a, it's amazingly powerful, but uh, it, well, there's no, but there's an end. 
I think there's an illusion here to be blown up. And it comes back to the idea of role modeling. Um, because we're conditioned to believe that being a good role model is um, about being sensible. And I think there's a lot of noise. I think a lot of the accumulations around what being a good role model for your kids is a bit screwed up. And also there's this idea, I think, so I have two illusions. One, or maybe there's one main one. Um, the main one that I want to blow up is the idea that you know better than your kids. And so it's your job to get them onto a path or keep them on a path. Um, and the illusion is that you know best because you're older. Now, like there's some fundamental things which is just smart to teach your kids to show to them, you know, like, hey, you know, just look left and right when you're getting to the road because like if a car hits you, you die. But even then, I actually think most children are reasonably smart. They're like, oh, that looks like a little bit dangerous. But this idea that we know best and it's our job to get them to a certain place. And it comes from a very positive intention. You know, it's really knowing. Like it's a, it comes from caring about our kids so deeply that we want to protect them and, and we want to guide them and we want to try and give them the best start that we possibly can and all of these things. But they, but they are also the things that can screw us because then we turn it into a job. And I'll give you an example that's actually very real because it's happening like right now. And, and I'm still working through it. So like, I'm definitely, I'm, I'm, this is not a, um, it's an ongoing practice, this one. So Finley, who's uh, my eldest boy, um, he, he's, he's had bad skin. He's had bad skin for years. And, and so for the last year we've been on, he's been on different treatments and so on. And, but there's this one treatment that you can go on and it's got some pretty, it's got some, uh, some side effects and, you know, some of them are more extreme than others, but Finley's like, I want to, I want to do that now. And like my resistance has been horrendous. Like, no, I don't think you should. And he's like, it's my choice. And I even said at one point, I'm like, not until you're 18. <laughs> and and you and I could just feel I could feel me like this, but like we're just clashing. And then um, I was with Lindsay Cap, a, a guest we've had on the show before. I was like, "Oh, what's going on?" And she she just called it straight away. And she was like, "You're you're being driven from fear, and you're being driven by the idea that you know best." And you're in the illusion that you can possibly be in control and can keep your son safe from everything. And she's like, and your ultimate fear is that like, you know, you say yes to this and then something bad happens to him and somehow that'll be your fault and it can never be your fault. But it doesn't make it any easier. It doesn't make it any easier to go back. And, and like I got some really good coaching from Lindsay. And, and so actually, funnily enough, today, we were at the hospital today. And it's, it's just hard. It's hard because you're listening to the doctor and the conversations and Finley's in the middle of his A-levels. And 
And there are meaningful risks, but Finley's like, I know I want to do this. And so I did articulate to him after my conversation with Lindsay and said, look, I, I, I feel a lot of fear. Um, and so my ask is this, and he's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Like, we didn't fall into a deep feeling. We didn't fall into a deep connection. You know, he's, he's like just traveling his own path. And so it's really interesting. Like in those moments, it, it, I guess it's my learning at the minute is the letting go of the idea that I know better or it's my job. My job is to, it's like, it's funny. It strikes me. It's almost like your mom and you, even though that was like from joy, this one is like, just be present, be present. And, you know, and, and from a place of curiosity, I can see, which again, Lindsay helped me see. She's like, he doesn't see what you see whatever reason, this is his path. And, and that's hard. Like this, it's, it's hard. I think it is hard. I think it's hard as a parent to let go of the idea that it's your job to always keep your children. So to, to let go of the idea that you can even prevent your kids going through discomfort or whatever else it is. I think the best you can do is be as present as you can be. Again, notice where you're coming from and then point as best you can. Like, I don't think there's anything wrong with pointing, you know, like, hey, you can point. This has been my experience. But letting kids travel their own path and then being present and pointing is the thing. And I think there's something huge, like, I think there's huge possibility in actually coming from that place. Like that's what I'm beginning to see more and more of the, like, well, it's up to you. You know, your boy comes to you like Dylan did, who's the youngest, because I wanted to give up football. And it's like, well, okay. Like what's your reasons and where are you at? And okay. You know, like if these are some things I'm pointing to, but it's up to you. And he gave up football and, and then he came back to it this year and he, A, he's like, it's like this amazing transformation and it was like the, and he knew best. And so I'm beginning to see more and more that a, a big opportunity in um, parenting and guiding our kids is really continuous point to say, you've got wisdom, like, you know, best, like check in with what is it you want to do? And they're so used to being told what to do that when we're present and curious and we are, because we see it so much in ourselves, like if we're practicing it, then it's easier, I think, to, it becomes hopefully easier to allow your kids to travel their path. But then there's nothing even for them to rebel against. It's like, hey, you know best. You know best. Um... And what an amazing gift that would be is if like our kids left our care and they were saying, you know what, my mom and dad, they always were like, you know best, like be present to yourself and then we'll support you. I think this, you know, again, like I say, it's, I'm finding it hard when, when it's a meaty subject like medicine and health and it, and it really looks like it's my job to get in. 
it kind of comes back to that simplicity of, I don't know best. And his wisdom's working for him. And if I, if I believe that's true for me, which I do, then it has to be true for him. And if it's true for him, why the, why the hell would I be making it my job? Because that means I think I'm more clever than the universal wisdom we all got born with, which kind of seems a bit egotistical to think that. Yeah, I think that's a great point. It's just a lovely way of, of framing it is to say, you know, you, you don't get to, as an adult, having seen what you've seen or like Chris, you know, having seen what he's seen, you don't get to access that wisdom and trust that, but make it conditional when it comes to your kids. You know, it's, it's like, no, you, you, if you truly have seen what you've seen and you believe what you believe, then allowing that to be manifest in your children whether they're conscious of it or not, um, is is the only real choice. Um, and so it's not about what you say to them or or what you teach them. It's about, like you said in the outset, it's how you get out of the way. But I I think uh, yeah, what what you just said there, just to ex- uh, to extend that point a little bit. So we're all going to screw up, all of us, with our kids. Like that seems to me that it is not an offer to be a perfect parent or to perfectly role model whatever it is even that you choose to role model. Like it's not an offer to be perfect at it. But let's just say to what we're pointing to is like the more you be this in yourself, that's probably one of the greatest impacts you'll probably have on your kids. In my view, you know, your point, your story about you and Gracie, um, to me is a great example of that. They will remember that and and they'll also notice it. I think there's another part in this as well. It's like, we're all going to screw up. But the more that we own the cleaning up of our own mess and we learn to talk about it and say like, hey, you know, I got, I'm, I'm sorry like I got, I was caught, I got caught up in my fearful thoughts. And, you know, I said this, that, and the other, but it was, and actually like this was with Finley. And like I said, I don't think he listened, but I think he might remember. I'm hopeful that, I, that me just going like, this is what's going on for me. Like fearful thoughts and I'm doing my best to let them go. So you've got my support. But I want you to know, like, that's my trap. Like, that's my trap. Um, or, you know, we get annoyed at our kids and we get to say, hey, you know, I'm sorry. Like, I got annoyed there. And it wasn't you. That was me. It wasn't me. And, you know, it's even been able to distinguish between behaviors and innocence. Because I think we can come to our kids and be like, I got annoyed and I... I got annoyed because of me, what was going on in my head. And and that had nothing to do with you. And so I want to apologize for that. And I still want to talk about whatever the topic might be. You know, there's just, I think it's that opportunity as well. Because that is 
that is the other part of of um, being the number one example of this for your kids. Is like, oh, you get freaked out. Yeah, of course we screw up, but you can just own it. Yeah, it's funny. I was just thinking about um, Saturday night in Costa Rica. Forty people on the dance floor. This amazing DJ Tim. And it was watch. It was like watching a group of children, just the pure joy and the dance moves. And people were making, you know, the most outrageous dance moves. We were all wearing outrageous clothes, and it was almost like we had a license to be children again. And. And, you know, they're like the old thing, like, you know, like dance, like nobody's watching. Like we, it was literally that, like everybody was dancing, like nobody was watching. There was no judgment. Nobody was trying to be cool. Everybody was just having so much fun. And it just made me think, like, why, why do we, why do we only allow ourselves to go there when it's, Oh well, it you know, it was a party. It was a celebration, so it made sense to just cut loose and you know have some real fun. But I would never do that in my ordinarily. You know, I don't, I don't ordinarily dance like a like a madman. It's like, why the hell not? Because if your children saw you dancing like that, they would instantly be on their feet dancing with you because you would be tapping into that same wise creativity of just the sheer love of life and existence that they that we all ship with we all ship with and some people just lose it along the way because the clouds become so heavy and dark that they they can't see the blue sky but it was yeah it's um it's funny. Maze, it comes it comes back to what you and Cameron talked about last week. This idea of normal. What it means to be normal, what it means to be a good human being, what it means to be a good member of society, what it means to be an adult. You know, and like We've set up all these labels and all these norms. And so, you know, if you want to be liked by the tribe, fit in. And, and so there's a lot of like the deck in some ways, the deck is stacked against you a little bit. Um, because, because society is society and we've created all these stories and these ideas about what's right and wrong and, and so, you know, when people say, well, just be yourself, it's like being yourself is the best game in town, but it also, and sometimes requires like, you know, to, to have the courage to dance like no one's watching. And the crazy thing is that when we see it in another person, we all find it so freaking compelling. Oh yeah. It's the most attractive thing. The most attractive thing. You know, it is huge. And if we can, you know, and 
I don't know what age it is, but you normally, I think they say it's normally about seven, kids start to become self-conscious because they start to become more self-conscious and more, you know, and, and, and because, and, and because that's the narrative, like it starts to get woven in and up until then they're blissfully, and I'd use that word purposefully, blissfully unaware of any idea of like needing to be anything other than themselves. Like if you said to a young child, oh, why are you doing that? I think they'd be like, cause I wanted to like, what a strange, what a dumb question. <laughs> That's probably what they'd be like. Yeah. Like uh, I, 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 one of those dumb grown ups over there come over and asked me like, why was I doing what I was doing? Fucking weirdos. Like it's obvious it's kind of what I wanted to do in the moment. And, you know, and these are, you know, these are the, that they're the moments we get to teach our kids without ever saying a word. They just, they remember what you say and what you do. Cause you know what, do you know who's always watching? Your kids. They're always watching even when you don't think they're watching. And, and they learn, they're learning all the time. You're teaching, you're teaching every minute you're with your kids, you're teaching something. It's just, what are you teaching? And um, that's, that's actually the game. It makes it much simpler because in one sense, then it's like, oh, I don't have to worry about teaching my kids. I just got to be the thing that I would love to be for me because that what I would love to be true for me, I would love to be true for them. Yeah. And that's the simplest game you've got. It's, it's, it's funny, you know, talking about teaching, my girls got the hell in with me. And I remember Dick and Bettinger saying this on one of the uh, YouTube clips I watched with him. And he was laughing and saying how his, I think his son was like, please dad, no more. No more, no more preaching about the universe. Like I can't, I can't take it. But the, and I've said this before, when I sort of started to become more aware of our innate brilliance and, and the sort of just the truth about the human condition, I was trying to tell the girls about it. And I was so excited and I was, you know, I was, I was a zealot for it. And I was like, baby, this is going to change everything. And, and the girls were like, okay, dad, yeah, we get it. Shut up now. Shut up. We get it. And, and then, and then I'd be like, oh no, well, you don't really get it. Let me explain it one more time, but it's like slightly different angle and a little deeper. And then, then you'll really get it. And they were like, shut up, shut up, shut up. And then one day Maddie said something and I was like, holy shit, she gets it. And she said it in such a succinct, beautiful way, far more eloquently than I could have said it. And she'd just seen something and she and and she was so aware. And when I became curious about their awareness, I stopped preaching. Like I don't preach to my girls now. And sometimes they ask me a question and and I think I have something to share sometimes. Sometimes I don't, and I'm honest about it. But when I became a curious about their own, what they were seeing, then I stopped preaching. That was the first thing. The other thing I'd say is, and this kind of goes to a point that Chris is, is, is making in his question, I think, 
is some of these things do require or can require or afford an opportunity to go as deep as you want. And it can be a lifetime pursuit. You can you can peel away the layers of your understanding and your consciousness and your awareness and and tap into it. But at its essence, we are just this divine energy, you know, moving through time. And and the moment you you kind of it's kind of like the Picasso thing, right? You 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 come back, you go on this long arc of mastering the masters. But then you come back to the essence of your creative divine energy that's been there all along. Like maybe you want to go see that and you had to see it or whatever. But but when you distill it down to the fact that this we are just divine energy, you know, particles, atoms from the the creation. And we're just moving through time and you've got, relatively speaking, milliseconds to between the maternity ward and the crematorium. You've It's milliseconds um, to enjoy the ride. And when you see that and you look at your children and you see that they are unaffected balls of divine energy in form, moving through time, and they have this millisecond. Like, don't you think it's more enjoyable as a parent to make that millisecond, in the greater scheme of things, super fun and enjoyable and allow them to express themselves and be as creative as possible? Or do you want to shape them in your own mold and put a lid on some of that creativity and 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 suck the oxygen out of the room and i think for me when i when i saw that i was like holy shit my girls are infinite the infinite possibility and creativity that exists within them i need to just get out the way and allow that to shine as brightly as possible and no matter how long that journey is from maternity ward to crematorium. It doesn't matter because it's all about shining your light as brightly as possible. And that for me is like, that is, that has made me realize how little I know and even more acutely how little I need to impart to them I just need to get out of the way like and, and I love what you said earlier about like they have the wisdom ask them because when they naturally operate from that place of creative love and and wisdom they're always going to do the right thing and you just need to step aside and love them and continue to be curious and present with them. And uh, and it'll actually make your journey between the maternity ward and the crematorium significantly more enjoyable. Um, and that's ultimately what we're here for anyway. And so it it can be that simple 
when you stop overthinking it. Yeah. No, I, that was beautiful, by the way. Hmm. I got it. It made me. Uh, there was a powerful simplicity to that, and a, a little inkling of an illusion for me just shone right. I saw right through it, which is the only thing that can really get in the way is the idea that your kids need to be anything different to what they are in in any given moment. And if, if ever I'm thinking that they need to be different, that's fucking on me and it's not on them. Because I, why would they need to be different? Like that's, that's my illusion. But when you see them in that pure way that you've talked about so wonderfully there, then, then you come back to, oh no, they don't, they don't need to be anything. They don't need to be anything. They are always perfect exactly how they are. Um, no matter what that is. And so, yeah. And, and I think sometimes that's really easy. And I think sometimes that's really hard. I just think it's always true. Well, that seems like a good place to hang up the spurs on this one. Yeah, I agree. I even have, a, I have a bumper sticker. Okay. Let's hear it. It is your turn. Yeah. Let's hear your, Bumper sticker for life on this one. Well, and, and I, I like I have only one word, which I don't know if I would change it, but like I think it works either which way. My bumper sticker for life would either be the kids know best or my kids know best. And I would have it as a reminder to myself every time I was getting in my car, oh, my kids know best. And uh, And I think it goes beyond just they know best. I just think, what if we reverse the equation and it's not us teaching the kids, but really it's us learning from the kids, from our children and see, seeing that, that incredible, as you said, that incredible, infinite potential and possibility that's been on show from day one. And, and we take that as our invitation to step back into that childlike wonder and amazement, which, you know, which we can all have for life in any given moment. And so, so yeah, that's my, that's my bumper sticker. The kids, my kids know best. Love it. Nice one, mate. This has been a, yeah, it's been a rich discussion. Chris, thank you so much for um, the question. Like, a, 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 it's, Actually, it went deeper in some ways than I thought we were going to go. So for me, it definitely it did. And um, wherever you are listening to this, I hope you have really enjoyed um, the conversation and um, have taken something from it. Uh, and uh, Billows, I'll pass over to you for any final wise words before we uh, we wrap this one up. Yeah, and I'd just say to you the listener if if you don't have kids it's it's about you you the kid and and i and and i've discovered this on my journey is the more i tap into billows the kid the more at peace i am 
and it allows me to be a far better companion, guide, friend, fellow journey person with my kids. And so thanks, Chris, for an amazing uh, topic. I, I hope that you got some insights um, and answers uh, and you saw something. Um, but yeah, thoroughly enjoyed the exploration, went in all sorts of weird and wonderful, down all sorts of weird and wonderful paths and uh, it feels feels good. So I'm going to carry this feeling into the rest of my day and and I'm going to embrace my innate brilliance and joy and uh, skip through the day. So thank you very much. That's a wrap, everybody. Go forth and dance like nobody's watching. Until next week, cheerio. Thank you for joining us on this enlightening journey unraveling the innate brilliance within every human being. We hope today's episode has sparked new thoughts and inspired fresh perspectives. Remember, the power to shatter illusions and unleash your true potential lies within you. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on your favorite platform. If you'd like more insights and daily doses of inspiration, you can follow me on Instagram at alkennycoaching. Or you can connect with myself and Mark on LinkedIn, uh, where we will share articles and perspectives about unlocking your innate brilliance. Remember, you are capable of extraordinary things. Keep believing, keep exploring, and keep shining brightly. Take care and stay brilliant. <laughs>